brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, I don't know what this world is coming to. Yes, the rhythm, the rebel. Without a pause, I'm lowering my level. The hard drama, where you never been, I'm in. You want styling? You know it's time again. D, the enemy, telling you to hear it. They praise the music, it's time to play the lyrics. Some say no to the album, the show. Bum rush the sound. I made a year ago. I guess you know. You guess I'm just a radical. Not on some Yes, yes, yes. You're tuned in to the Rage Podcast with me, your host, H. Soul. And we're about to get into part two of our interview with Dr. Ronald Hall, professor at Michigan State University. If you haven't listened to the first part of his interview, make sure you go back and do that. It was great stuff. Number two is, again, like I said and promised, purifier. Here, Dr. Hall talks about how to handle and deal with and analyze problematic uh, interactions and engagements inside of coalitions, as well as gives his definition of righteous rage and how it should be channeled and how he channels his own. So I'm not going to get in the way. I'm going to go ahead and play Dr. Hall's second part of his interview. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure that you follow us on social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and yes, the Grams. We're there too, at The Rage Podcast. Let's get this work. Mm, let's get ready to rumble! It's about to go down. Indeed, I'm speaking with uh, Dr. Ronald Hart. I wanted to, to address uh, briefly, there's... One of the things that I've come across in my community organizing and when, when I'm in coalition with white women and you, and you seek to call them out, uh, me as a black male, seek, seek to call them out on their uh, racism, is they, they lean on this uh, sexism card that, uh, yes, uh, black people have been enslaved for 400 years, but sexism has been going on from the beginning of time. Uh, whereas it's almost used as a card to trump racism uh, uh, with sexism. Can you, have you encountered this? This and, and and when you do, how do you go about addressing it or dismantling this thought process? Well, you have to if you're confronted with that situation, and you find someone who's uh, making reference to sexism versus. Uh, racism, well, first of all, much of your advocacy, much of your support for sexism is given by women. There's a considerable element of the white female population we might otherwise consider feminists who also support and engage in sexist behaviors, reinforce sexist behaviors. There was a strong element of women who were opposed or at least apathetic toward the uh, election of a female president. There are any number of white women who were in critical opposition to Hillary Rodham Clinton. So 
Eldridge Cleaver and Soul and I said, if you're not a part of the solution, you're part of the problem. So part of Hillary's inability to get elected was by sexism, not just acted out by men, sexist men, but sexist women as well. And then there are women who exercise sexism on the basis of gender by denying opportunities, um, supporting the oppression of men just because they are men. I think a lot of the feminist activism is misplaced to the extent that they want to assign much of their own sexist oppression on black men. Black men don't dominate the society. And so they have never owned their isms. And by playing, as you mentioned, the sex card, they can uh, change the direction of the discourse. All of your isms, classism, uh, homophobism, uh, whatever the case may be, extends from racism. If you want truly are interested in advocating against sexism, you will begin with racism. If we can eliminate racism, which is easier said than done, then eliminating sexism is just will just be par for the course. When we talk about, uh, and you hear this often talked about, the importance of intersectionality and being in coalitions, what would your, your, your advice be to those who are given the directives of the importance of being in coalition and intersectionality and still dealing with the under uh, underscored racism that continues to permeate even in the nonprofit, even in the, the, the liberal left sectors? Well, intersectionality is a concept that extends from the work of a man by the name of Bell and his counterpart, Alan. They are attorneys. And they constructed something called critical race theory. Critical race theory suggests that the gains that we made during the 60s to do away with racism have been subjugated by other issues. And to the extent that now less of our attention and our resources are directed at the elimination of racism, that energy goes toward the elimination of sexism or some of the other isms. So those individuals that might have taken part, might have been activists to eliminate racism, no longer do so. And so we have a considerable amount of resources that goes lacking now. And so what we need to do is recognize we need to prioritize, get back to where we were in the 60s, or not actually go backwards, but in moving forward, we need to try to uh, reignite the energies that were contributed to the elimination of racism, and the other matters, I think, will be less formidable. Now, in terms of coalitions, I don't mean to suggest by any means that we should dismiss um, the efforts and the resources that could come from the white female community. We need allies. This is a more multicultural, multiracial society, increasingly so. So to think that any one population, these are the black population, will be able to solve some of these issues for the black community is just not going to be possible. I think we need to try to inform and need to try to enlighten 
uh, and not be so accusatory when we talk about the issue of racism to, to the white feminists. They need to understand that they are contributing to the problem when they don't have the ability to prioritize race. I think it's human nature. We typically want to be we're self-interested in many instances. So typically white feminists see their issue as sexist and not racist. They need to see that sexism is a counterpart or subset of racism. And so to, to formulate alliances uh, against racism is, I think, going to help us accomplish the elimination of sexism and all the other isms combined. I'm speaking with uh, Dr. Hall of Michigan State University. Um, <laughs> uh, Dr. Hall, one final question. Uh, the name of this, this podcast uh, is called Rage, and it deals with um, channeling righteous anger, or righteous anger being anger that is channeled in, in the right direction. What is it that, some, what is it that you, yourself, uh, feel that you have channeled your righteous anger into um, that has uh, propelled you forward in your in, in the studies, in the personal life, et cetera? Well, first of all, I don't know if you've heard of the book called Black Rage. I think it was Greer and Cobbs who wrote that book in yes. the 60s. And Black Rage lets us know, and what many black people already know, that the circumstances that we find ourselves in, uh, it causes rage. It's made rage normal. As a matter of fact, if you're an African-American living in this country, on this, even though this is not the 60s, it's still not where we should be. If you don't feel rage, um, there's probably some issues that you need to resolve. So feeling rage under the circumstances is normal. It's what you do with that rage that makes a difference. Now, you can have a reaction that is counterproductive and destructive, or you can take that rage and channel it into some act that is productive that will lead you to um, the resolution of the issues that we're confronted with. Uh, education and activism are the two major ways that I channel my rage, and it allows me to be in a much calmer state psychologically and also make, allows me to make good use of my time. I have many white female feminist friends. Um, I go to them. I uh, consult with them. As a matter of fact, my, my employment is the result of a white feminist female. So I don't want by any means to characterize them all negatively. But you have to be able to uh, educate and you have to be able to form alliances, and that means you gotta have you gotta have dialogue. To be silent, I think, is probably one of the worst things that we can do. So I'm very adamant about having a diversity of friends, not only who differ racially and ethnically, but who differ from me intellectually. And we can have a difference of opinion, but as long as we can discuss and long as we can challenge one another, usually someone someone can learn under those circumstances. Activism and education is key. Dr. Hall, thank you so much. Um, finally, can you let our listeners know how they can find and follow you? I know you're active on Twitter. Can you give us your Twitter handle and, and how else um, uh, people who are interested in your, your scholarly work uh, can follow you? I normally 
post something on my Twitter account on a daily basis relative to racial ethnic issues. My Twitter handle is at the skin color doctor. Doctor's just DR. You are now listening to The Rage Podcast with your host, H. Soul. And there you have it, another great interview with Dr. Hall. I want to thank him for coming on the show today and breaking down all things racial, all things race-related. Great to have him here. We'll, we'll definitely have to check back in with Dr. Hall, follow him on Twitter. In the meantime and in the between time, always remember, we must love and protect one another. Until the next podcast drop, this is your host, H. Soul, out. Thank you.